You are listening to Changing the Game with me, Wilson Casado. What is the game? The game is everything. Everything from the education you receive to the career or business you pursue. In regards to diversity and inclusion, though, there isn't a level playing field. The show will allow us to hear from those who are challenging the status quo. It is about creating a new future where things are done differently, a future with diversity and inclusion, and most importantly, a future where everyone has access to play the game. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another show of uh, the Changing the Game. Today, I have here with me Elizabeth Knight. How are you, Elizabeth? I'm very well, thank you. Thank you for having me on board. Uh, it's awesome. I'm very excited to have you. So good. So look, everyone, uh, Elizabeth Knight, she is an entrepreneur with a big dream to transform our education system and how we prepare young people for the futures here in WA in particular. She's the founder of Purposeful, an edtech startup helping students to find their place in the world. I'm certainly going to ask you about that. <laughs> Through uh, their self-exploration and purpose, you know, through self-exploration and purpose discovery uh, programs. During her time at university, uh, Elizabeth was fortunate to have led Bloom, a young-led, uh, a youth-led incubator that acts as a catalyst for early stage founders and, and, and entrepreneurs and how they can begin their uh, entrepreneurial journeys in WA. She's also a Fogarty scholar, a TEDx presenter, a plus eight accelerator participant. And in 2019, she received the Boston Consulting Group Scholarship for Australia and New Zealand. Wow, already, Elizabeth, that's a lot <laughs> of accomplishments for a young girl. So, uh, Elizabeth, what about if, you, if we start with you telling us a little bit of your story that we cannot hear in your bio? Yes, I love that question um, because, you know, we talk a, bit, a lot about what we do, but for me, why I do what I do is far more important. Um, so I am 22 and my story really began when I graduated from high school. Um, on paper, I had done well. I got this shiny 99 HR and scholarship to uni and, um, I guess I'd achieved that traditional idea of success in our education system, which I was very fortunate to have achieved. But the one thing that I graduated without was really an education in who I was and who I wanted to become. I think it is the one subject you don't learn about in school is you know, your vision for the future, your ambitions, your values. Um, it's something that we just sort of let people figure out on their own. Mm. And after that, you know, after I finished, I was actually really quite burnt out from my studies and feeling ultimately very like directionless and purposeless myself. And so all the work that I do now sort of stems from that, that time and really this fierce passion that I have to help other young people to find their place in the world and, and find their path. Um, because I don't, I don't really believe that figuring out your future should be something that's stressful and, and, and anxiety inducing. I think it's something that you should be really excited about and should ultimately be like one of the best things you get to do, right? Is figure out 
your job or your career path. Um, that's right. So yeah, that's that's a bit more about me. Um, but I'm also just really passionate about um, innovation, and I think anybody that's trying to make change now, and we've got such great opportunities to do so. That's something that I'm really passionate about. So excited to be part of that that movement. Very nice. So I, I am particularly very happy to hear, uh, to see. A woman like you, a young woman like you, uh, being interested in the innovation ecosystem, mm. particularly here in WA. So I think the innovation ecosystem in WA came a long way in the last 10 years. Yes. And I think to move forward for the next 10 years, so we need the, the youth, you mm. know, the, you know, that sort of uh, energy and, and, and the will to transform things. And mm. I'm very happy to see people like you coming along. So uh, you did mention in your in your introduction, uh, and and I learned that from you know the previous conversation I had with you, that you had that sort of uh, uh, privilege in the beginning of your journey of having nailed, uh, mm. you know the the, uh, the the school system, I guess, right? Mm. So as as a student in the school system, so I think you did well. You, you know you you achieved it. You know the the marks that everybody you know expect uh, of a good student. Then you, uh, but then you went to university and somehow you left us wondering that you were not sure about what you were going to do or you were a bit mm. lost. And how how was that process? Yeah, I think when when you're smart, or if that you know it doesn't matter what label people put on you we often sort of people expect you to to do a certain thing with that label so for me it was you're smart so you should do something that smart people do like be a lawyer an engineer or a doctor and that's fine like there's nothing wrong with that but it, it's such a limiting mindset because there's so many things that are out there there's so many options and yet I felt as though well, I'm, I'm not good at math and science, so I can't be a doctor and engineer, so I have to be a lawyer. Like, that's it. That's, it. that's the process um, done. And I think what struck me was, you know, I'd worked so hard at high school and achieved that same sort of idea of success, and yet I wasn't fulfilled by it. Like, it wasn't, it didn't make me happier. It didn't make me smarter or more capable. Um, so I just thought, it, you know, it's a definition of crazy to, do the same thing over and over again and expect a different result and I decided well actually I'm gonna try and walk a different path and um, mm. I got introduced to the idea of entrepreneurship which um, thankfully more young people now know about and know that that's available to them but I didn't know what an entrepreneur really was or until my first year in uni when I discovered yeah that young people were giving it a go and starting their own businesses and yeah, maybe I didn't have to choose a job. I could actually make one for myself. So I became very focused on that and trying to find ways to um, be my own boss and create my own path, essentially. Yeah. Uh, tell me a little bit more about uh, how you found, because you mentioned about Bloom. I, I, I mentioned mm. about Bloom in your in your uh, bio. So yeah. Bloom is an incubator within uh, the university campus. Yeah, for, for students. And I was lucky enough. And um, my mentor in the first year of uni was the founder of Bloom. So I kind of got introduced to that space. And at the time, it was just a community of young people who wanted to do things differently. And it, and it still is. 
very much that that's the purpose behind it. Um, and back then, though, I think a lot of people had um, an interest in entrepreneurship, but they didn't necessarily have the confidence um, or they might have liked the idea of it, but they didn't have a problem. They wanted to solve an idea for a business yet. Um, the problem that I sort of became focused on was in education. And I realized, hey, this is actually something I keep talking about and I keep getting fired up about. So why don't I have a go at solving it? Um, and that sort of introduced me to the startup ecosystem here, which I was very lucky to be exposed to. And I think since then, I've been working really hard to make that an easier journey because I really did have to go and knock on doors and like sort of figure out where conversations were happening about innovation and startups. Um, I didn't really necessarily have that like handed to me. So I, I really wanted to make that journey and that space more accessible because as you know, it's such an incredible ecosystem now. And like imagine if more young people were exposed to that, I think that would be incredible. Nice. So there is one key thing that you mentioned that, that I want to know a little <laughs> bit more about. So you mentioned about uh, a, a mentor. Mm. Uh, was that part of any, well, we do talk about, you know, mentoring through this, uh, through this series of the change mm. in the game uh, quite a bit. So uh, we do know that mentors have a, a pretty significant role in, in mm. someone's career. Mm. And was this part of any uh, program? Was it formal? Was it informal? How that mentoring came about for you? Yeah, in, in my first few weeks at university through the um, scholarship program, they paired us with like an older student um, who happened to be Mark who started Bloom and um, which was great because at that point I didn't know what entrepreneurship was, but you know, it introduced me to that whole pathway. Um, I think since then, my the way I've sort of like related to mentors, I don't necessarily have like one set mentor. You know, I've never asked someone, will you be my mentor? And can, you know, this be like a formal relationship? I tend to have people that have just been champions of me or um, I've admired and um, go to them with like specific, you know, challenges or whether it's business or um, finance or career like those those different people for different things I think and I found that's way more manageable because you know generally speaking like one person doesn't won't have all the answers for you mm. I think when you're younger you should try and be exposed to more ideas and opinions so that you can kind of form your own <laughs> opinions mm. about things so that's sort of been yeah I've had some brilliant mentors like since then and they probably don't know that they were an offici officially a mentor to me but um they've definitely shaped my path for sure very nice so uh and and your journey through university and bloom and mm. uh and you did some internships and participating in some programs then you ended up uh, founding Purposeful. Yes, right? yes. So can you tell us more about what, what is Purposeful? Yeah, it, so Purposeful is a startup helping young people to find the right path for them and ultimately to figure out what they're passionate about and, and what they, play, they want their career or future path to be. Um, and it definitely stems from my own experience and just the thousands of young people that I've met and worked with since then who 
feel so much pressure to make the right decision. They feel immense amount of um, anxiety and stress to um, have all the answers, to know what they want to do for the next five, 10 years of their life. And uh, for most people, it's a space where they're not really getting a lot of support. They're not getting um, unbiased advice either. I mean, we all have a bias, but the main sort of career advice comes from like universities, obviously they're going to tell you to end up at university um, and so there's not really a community or a space for young people to actually like realize that they're not alone that those challenges are something that are really it's a massive part of life that we all go through um, so purposeful is really that space where people can go to when they're lost to redirect towards a path that's right for them or what they're passionate about um, so we've done, I've done a whole lot with that in the last sort of two years. Um, we've run sort of careers education programs in high schools to supporting university students and school leavers to um, find their passion. Um, we've also got our on-demand careers advice service, which is called the Lost Button, um, which was sort of this idea of, you know, what if you could turn careers advice into something that was more automated and more accessible and what if we could help people to get unstuck really quickly with those burning questions that often have about our futures um, but don't have anyone to turn to other than Google um, mm. so yeah there's been it's been a really awesome journey I'm so lucky and so excited by the space as well very nice tell me uh, it's just a little bit more on that but the reason why I'm interested is this so uh it, that, that's a frequent conversation that happens, right? So it mm. could be uh, myself being a more community with other parents sort of thing where we are not sure mm. the best advice that we can give to our kids because we, we have our bias as well, right? So we have our expectations, which uh, many times uh, don't help. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but uh, and, and but also you know even in, in in our company so we we have lots of young employees that are still you mm. know they already graduated they already have the first job mm. but they are still already figuring out you know what they like what they don't like what their careers will look like in the future so if we what what it looks like uh, I'm proposeful for someone that needs that advice. They they approach proposeful or, mm. or these are public events or how, how it works. Yeah, so there's sort of two streams. Um, one, we have worked with schools and universities directly. So running and incubating programs for their students. Um, but if you just want to approach us, then the main channel is through the Lost Button, which is our cruise advice service. So can just submit a problem or question that you have about your future and we send back a bunch of personalized advice and ideas to help them get unstuck quickly so it could be like an activity or a, a podcast episode or a resource um, designed for them to not work everything out but just to nudge you in the right direction um, and then we actually have a podcast and soon to be a community around that as well so they can actually talk to other young people who are going through those same challenges as them. Um, I did I want to touch on as well what you were saying about you know for parents and employers like that is a really big problem and certainly I've seen so much of that. I think everyone in this space has really good intentions. My mindset has been that you know I, I'm not a careers advisor <laughs> really and no one sort of 
is in that position anymore because none of us really know what the future of work is ultimately going to be and none of us have like a crystal ball to actually look in and say this is you know the path for you um we focus on being the facilitators of those conversations and helping people to realize things for themselves because often um you know in school you're told when to be where to where to be you know what to study when to do it by um you don't really have much agency in your choices so we're just kind of giving some of that back to students going hey actually like you have some of the answers in you um some of these things have always been there if not then here's some strategies that can get you um towards a place where you're more confident and excited um and in the driver's seat proud of your career and your decisions uh interesting so before I, I i have a question in my mind but before i go there you mentioned about a, a podcast do you have a podcast yes. yes i'm very excited we're launching it um very soon not sure when this will air but um this time next week um which the idea was i've had so many coffee chats with young people throughout the years and they share these really powerful amazing stories of the challenges they've faced um but they don't tell anybody else about these things they it's a problem that when you're lost like you don't want to admit it to other people and so i've sort of been on the receiving end of these really magical moments when people have like shared their stories and just sort of wished i wish i had a recorder here like i wish i could just get you to repeat that and share it with others um and that was the concept behind this we just wanted to make advice more relevant relatable and approachable um so that you know what if you actually had another resource other than your career advisor um to go to and what if it was you know driven by young people who really understand the nuances of that space so um it's called the lost button the same name as the um career service and yeah we're going to be interviewing um a whole bunch of young people and featuring sort of their biggest challenges and questions um tackling them on the show with other young people so very excited for that one to launch soon that's very cool so i'm i'm looking forward to listening <laughs> this so, is a practice uh, one <laughs> yeah well look uh the question i had funny enough so you mentioned as part of your aim with the podcast so i was going to ask you in your journey about those challenges that you face right so mm. it looks like from what i heard so far and you have this very positive you know half glass uh, half glass <laughs> full sort of attitude and energy so but i reckon there might have been some obstacles there so you, would you yeah. mind share some of those with us Yeah, totally. Um there are so many challenges. I think anybody who runs a business knows that when you solve one problem it just like creates a bigger problem and you have to solve that problem. Um I think I've just changed my mindset and I really I've been learning so much from that. So anything that happens, it's not really like good or bad. It's just here's the next thing to learn from. Um in my own journey, when I started, I was like 18 or 19 years old. and i was very passionate very emotive and very like authentic um and also experiencing that problem myself and so some for some situations that was amazing because people just rallied around that and could see the authenticity um in other situations though i think it was like taken advantage of maybe and i didn't know you know it's also your first venture into the business slash 
career world anyway like I hadn't even been employed before and here I am sort of going into these like age-old systems telling them what I think they should do instead <laughs> so that was definitely met with resistance at times but I've kind of learned to befriend it rather than get frustrated by it because um, it helps you to get closer to what a potential solution could be um, yeah, I think personally, though, like definitely there's a lot of imposter syndrome for everybody. I think everybody is filled with it in different um, parts of their life. For me, definitely, I came up against lots of hurdles when things weren't going right, where I felt like, you know, am I really the one to do this? Like, maybe this isn't going to work. Um, but I just have such a long term vision that it doesn't really matter to me whether it works in a year or three it's like I'm, this is something that I hopefully I can make my life's work right um, which is a pretty cool thing so <laughs> very cool so it's uh it's interesting that you go through it looks like the path that you're taking in terms of thinking you know what's going to happen next is mm. is a little bit unique in terms of uh, you know sometimes you see entrepreneurs that want to uh, have a plan or demonstrate that this will happen, that will happen, that will happen. Mm. So you seems to be a bit more relaxed on that and and be yeah. working hard for sure. Uh, and and I'm sure there is a plan there, but it's more about the journey, I guess. Yeah, I think it's it's just knowing that, for example, with something like COVID, like before then, people spend all of this time writing up like their five-year strategic plans. I think when you're in a startup, but also just any business really, like you can't really accurately forecast more than six, 12 months ahead, maybe, right? 18 months, you're pushing it as we know, because everything can get disrupted so quickly. So it's not, a, it's not that like, yeah, those plans are there and they exist, but I found that you can, in a small team, when you're solving a problem that people haven't worked out yet, you can kind of only work in those small chunks and you learn so much so quickly that, you know, you're in a way better position um, to make those calls three months down the track than you are today, maybe. So I think it's just about being agile and and it also helps when, you know, we, we know we're in this volatile, uncertain, complex um, world of work that it, it's, it's stressful, right? So many people have so much anxiety and stress about that. The reality yeah. is I don't know better than you what, what's going to happen in the next six to 12 months. Yeah. But um, it's about sort of having this long-term vision, but being flexible about the, the path you take to get there. Because <laughs> I don't have all the answers yet. No one does. And you, you're going to learn from those mistakes as, as I've done time and time again. <laughs> yeah, that's that's quite right. So there is uh, one thing that, I, uh, that I, I do mention to some people when they're going through uh this sort of you know trying to get more certainty mm. about what's going to happen and i don't know if i help much because <laughs> that i give that sort of uh you know it's a concept of book right so which is uncertainty ambiguity is yeah. so much part of every single day of our lives yes. and to to a good extent i think the uh you know, the, the, the help or, or, or the advice is more like, you know, how, how can you get more resilient to face those kind of degrees? Mm. And because that's more like what reality is, right? Yeah. yeah. And actually, I, I believe. It changes perspective of right, wrong, happiness or, or something else. Yeah. And I actually believe, you know, um, 
what we do at Purposeful, it's helping people because it gives them certainty around themselves. Like that's really the only thing that you can have some control over is what your values are, like what your you know goals are. Um, that's what you can fall back on when everything else is chaotic and confusing. Um, yeah. That's kind of your starting point. So that's how I combat it as well. <laughs> Think clear on your purpose, your values, and that can direct you from there. Okay. So look, uh, having said what we just, you know, we just talked about, uh, what is your, or, you know, uh, Elizabeth in five years and 10 years, <laughs> what, what is it? Where yeah. are you going to be? What's the story that we're going to be telling about the, you know, the next 10 years? Yeah, I really, I really hope it's that um, every young person in my generation is like motivated and excited about their futures. And that generally, I, I actually, I gave a TED talk on this about how the narrative about the future is so negative and it's like overwhelming and mm. scary. Like I think we owe it to that young people to give them hope and an alternative mm. um, that isn't so, you know, no wonder they're struggling to figure out their own futures. When you look at the conversation about the future, it's just like very doom and gloom. Um, so I really hope that we have a vision that people can be excited by. Um, in terms of myself, I my mission for Purposeful was to build something that exists beyond me. And that's why like technology and startups, that path really attracted me because I could spend my whole life you know, giving public speeches and uh, presenting and workshops, but, you know, then I, my impact is really limited. Um, so I really want to build, you know, a whole ecosystem of people that can keep, create a platform or a space for people to keep on giving, because at some point my, you know, young person label will, will expire <laughs> and I'll need to make way for the next generation of people who, you know, can be more relevant um, I really hope in 10 years I'm not still saying that I'm a young person and trying to, to wear that hat. I think it's I still a young person. <laughs> <laughs> and, I, and it's, yeah, it's good to be young at heart always. Um, but really just I hope that I'm humble enough to realise that other people might be in a better position to share their stories and that I can create a space for that. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> So uh, it's interesting. So uh, you, you do mention about, uh, you're quite right. So the, the, the most common narrative of the future, it doesn't look right, isn't it? It doesn't look mm. good. So I uh, don't know exactly where that comes from, but uh, maybe is where media gets more attention to. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and that's unfortunate. So creating that perspective of... Uh, of a future of mm. hope is quite important for sure. Yes, it's quite scary because I think obviously we all have, um, I just, this is something that gets talked about to, so much, but I think it's one of the most significant things for all people, not just young people, is that we, the, the way that technology works means that you and I have a very different worldview world by virtue of what we see every day on our phones, um, the messages that are, you know, um, honed in to be perfect for you and whereas previously like 20 30 years ago like everyone had the same tv channel everyone had the same newspaper like at least there was some degree of consistency there whereas now you know we have we have access to totally different um sources of information and i think for young people that's quite terrifying because it just means that you know all of the misinformation and miscommunication that happens is just 
getting worse. So I think that that part for me, you know, plays such a significant role in changing the narrative about the future. Like we each have this own individual story that we get told and reinforced. It's it's really it's you know a first for our like everybody that is alive right now. No one has ever really gone through that before. So I think that is just gonna have so many waves of implications to education and business and everything. <laughs> That's true. So, uh, Elizabeth, in the bio that I read, I did notice something unique on that. So, which is, it's not a once or twice. So, you repeat WA or Western Australia a few times on it. <laughs> right? So, is that, is that intentional? <laughs> Maybe. I think it, it's probably a tiny bit out of date because um, my vision has certainly expanded. But I, I mean, I, was really fortunate to get the Fogarty Scholarship and they are just awesome champions for education in WA and they do such a brilliant job at you know fostering real innovation in that space here so they definitely played a part in my drive to kind of to make change in, in Perth and I think what's really cool about WA is that yes it's still got that small town kind of mindset at times but it means that if you can make it big in WA you can kind of do it anywhere <laughs> um, because we're actually so privileged and so fortunate so um, there's really great opportunities here that I think if you're willing to go after them they're there for the taking compared to you know in a really big global city where you, you definitely have to fight harder for that I, I found that here um, people have generally been yeah very creative and very supportive so we definitely have that top talent and top um, insights, I guess, into innovation here. It's just about, you know, going after it and, and showcasing it more. So hopefully I can do that a little bit through my work. <laughs> yeah, no, that's very good to hear. So, and, and, you, and you're quite right. So when we stop to think about uh, the, the privilege we have about, you know, living in WA uh, in, in, mm. uh, and, and or enjoying so many things. There are so, so many natural entitlements of being here. So, mm. you know, the, if we talk about business, we talk about the energy market, you talk about, you know, the resources market, you talk about the, the medical, we talk about, you know, the cybersecurity, mm. so, uh, so many innovations going on over here. Uh, and and with, uh, with a hat of an investor that, you know, the, the group that I sit together in, uh, in Perth Angels, mm. so we, we, we keep looking at this, you know, how can we nurture more the local market, how we can mm. get more access to the local entrepreneurs or, or help to educate the other potential investors that we have locally so yeah. we can nurture that environment here. I think yes. the future for WA looks awesome. So is, uh, and how can we <laughs> nurture that for that future to become reality, right? So, yes, uh, yeah. Yeah, the talents, you mentioned about the talents, the talents are quite critical on that. So how can we mm. make this place excitement enough for young people like you just to stay yeah. here and, 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 and build your ventures here? So. Yeah, that was certainly I could say that thanks to COVID, um, in terms of the education that's available online and the communities that once were totally just in person based, you know, all of those communities, particularly in startups and innovation, they're now exist like virtually in really cool ways so I think you know 
it just it just means that that barrier that we previously thought of here and that we're far away from everything like we're really not we're it's so easy to be connected at the tap of a button um to the rest of the world and to the exciting things that are happening in silicon valley or in sydney or tel aviv or wherever like that that content is available to us so i think yeah we just need to to go for it <laughs> stop waiting for it to come to us <laughs> very nice uh, Elizabeth, in this, uh, this, uh, we've changed in the game, which by the way, but look, is <laughs> such a, 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 a unique figure in changing your own game and changing the game for other people. So in this uh, first series, I'm only having interviews with girls, with women. Mm -hmm. And uh, this part of the motivation for that is related to diversity and how that sort of gender diversity affects or, 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 or how much that was a factor in the story of these mm. uh, women that I have been talking with. So most of them are older than you. <laughs> so and we have that perspective of the challenges they had along their career with that sort of uh, hat of gender. Mm. So, uh, what what how that happens for you so is that how relevant it is that gender identity in your story yeah i think i think it's very relevant um i think the biggest uh impact for me is more about how we do business i think the traditional understanding of like how to do business in particular how to start a startup or scale a startup is quite masculine and in the sense that there's that culture of like the hustle culture and like pushing yourself to your absolute limit. And for a lot of women, like not necessarily myself, but, you know, who are full-time carers or have, you know, all of these other things going on or also have, you know, a totally different like emotional kind of makeup and experience. It's not, it doesn't really work in that way. Or I've found at times that that kind of mindset didn't really align with like the drive that I had or, you know, um, in, in myself what I knew that I need to look after my mental health and well-being I think just generally like there was there's obviously in in WA still a lot of the key conversations um, and decision making um, bodies and, and individuals are men right and we just have this you just kind of get this sense of like people promoting of, of other men promoting other men and not realizing that that bias is even there just because maybe um, myself, you know, I'm, I'm not as loud. I'm not, I was never the most charismatic person in the room or charismatic in that sense, which I'd also say is quite a masculine kind of idea that we have, um, had my own sort of, um, way or my own sort of voice. So I guess to combat that, like I, instead of trying to knock on people's doors and get people to listen to me, I would create my own rooms and create my own tables and try and try and do it that way instead of like, um, yeah, doing business in a way that just didn't make sense to me. Um, yeah, I don't know how much of that, you know, other people can say is, is, can be attributed to gender, but I definitely see those um, those forces at play. It's just difficult to pinpoint them and articulate them at times, which I think makes it a bit harder to overcome them. That's uh that's fabulous. So just just the way you, you deal with uh, you know the problem in front of you and creating your own experience and, and, and really changing the game. So that's pretty cool. 
I'm very stubborn and I'm very motivated, <laughs> which is a great driver for innovation. <laughs> That's entrepreneurs, characters, even a one-off men. Yes. So, uh, Elizabeth, we already talking for more than 30 minutes, right? <laughs> <laughs> we didn't know at the beginning if we were being able to entertain <laughs> for more than 30 minutes, but here we go. So, we didn't even start it yet. <laughs> so, look, uh, I'm more, I'm definitely interested in, in, in following up more in, you know, what's going on, et cetera. So it's fabulous that the introduction to what you're doing that you just gave to us. So I, I appreciate that. So uh, be, before, before we finish, so just a final question, right? So you see, if there is a young, a young girl listen to these and, and she's lost, she wants to some, get some help. What is your advice? Talk to me, <laughs> um, to, to back yourself, <laughs> to reach out and, and back yourself. I think I spent a lot of time sort of like waiting for other people to tell me what the right thing to do was or just trying to learn more from other people and get others' advice. And in the end, it was, it was learning about myself. That was what I needed to spend more time on. I think never underestimate the power of getting to know who you are I think it should be everyone's goal that one day you could basically write a book on yourself <laughs> not in an obnoxious way but just in that you're so self-aware that you understand your values and your goals and most young people I meet can barely write you know a sentence they can barely you know sort of answer that question and tell us about yourself so I would say invest in your own like personal development don't don't put aside for things that excite you or interest you or just are fun those are the things that become so important when you leave to, you know, differentiating yourself and yeah, being fulfilled in your life. So keep learning about who you are because no one else is going to make time for it, right? You've got to do that. Um, you and only you. <laughs> 100%. Thank you very much. It has been a privilege to have you in the show. Thank you, Elizabeth. Thank you so much. And we'll come back soon with another episode of Changing the Game. Thanks, everyone, for listening. So this is it. Thank you. Bye.